Yeah, welcome back to Rhodium Radio, episode 15. Uh, but before I announce my special guest today on our second Sunday, uh, once again, the Rhodium Mixtape documentary is out. It's been out one month, and if you haven't gotten that, make sure uh, you get that, okay? It's well worth your money for unlimited streaming. Uh, once again, uh, Rhodium Apparel is also uh, a free shipping uh, until further notice. So until then, uh, buy me out. You know what I'm saying? But let me give a special shout out to my boy Danny from 110 South. Uh, he blessed me with this sweater right here. You can find him at 110 South Streetwear. Danny, much love, much respect. Thank you for blessing me. My boy Willie G for hooking me up with this hat. Um, once again, my boy Willie G from San Pedro. Much love and respect to him. Uh, but without further ado, let me go ahead and introduce my next guest. Um, if you haven't peeped him out, if you don't know anything about him, you're going to know tonight. Stay tuned, text somebody, uh, call somebody, let them know that I'm on live with none other than Bozo. Thank you for coming, brother. Chugusta, appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, brother. Before we get started, um, I want to say that I peeped out a lot of your uh, your music. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I really, what really stood out to me was your flow. But before we get into uh, what you're working on now and what you're working on in the future, um, I want to start from the very beginning and talk about Bozo. Well, where were you raised at, man? Um, I was raised in the city of Pico Rivera, but I was originally born in West L.A. West L.A., <laughs> so much love to Pico Rivera. Is that pretty much where you were raised? Yeah, my whole life, yeah. My whole okay. life until, shit, just recently, you know? This, this time I paroled out of prison. Okay. Yeah. And and now, now what, what, like, elementary school did you go to? Um, I'm, a, I'm a lightning bolt, Valencia, Valencia Elementary, off of Passons. Okay. And uh, junior high, was it called junior high or, or was it? Nah, uh, it was middle? called junior high. Back then, it was still called junior high. I went to Rivera Middle School. That shit's an enemy hood, so. For real? Yeah, it's on the other side of, the, other side of Washington. But it's all love, though, you know? We all loved each other back then, still in junior oh, high. All good. What, what about high school? High school, I went to El Rancho for a couple months, and that was it, pretty That's much. It? Yeah. So you didn't finish high school? No, not, not, I didn't even come close, yeah. Uh, well, neither did I, man. Yeah. So, so don't feel so bad. I got my GD, though. I got my GD out of um, Paramount Adult High School. Okay. I was trying to go to the military for a minute. Right before I turned them 18 years old, I was ready. Really? I always wanted to be a Marine. That was like my goal as a kid. Wow. Wow. Well, I have a daughter that's in the Air Force. My son was going to go to the Air Force. He was going to work in the medical field, but instead he decided he had other plans. But I wish he would have went. Uh, uh, so far, the Air Force has been good to uh, my daughter. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, now... In high school, you didn't play any sports at all? You, so you Nah, I tried. I was trash as fuck. I tried football. I did the summer tryouts. I was trash as fuck. They never really? called me. Yeah, I wasn't no good. What, what, what position would you have <clears throat> liked to have played? Um, Shit, uh, safety. I would have liked to yeah. play safety. Yeah. That's good, man. That's dope. So uh, uh, gr growing up, um, well, let me ask you this. Uh, brothers and sisters? Um, well, I'm the baby in my family. I'm the only boy. I have two sisters, two siblings, um, Amy and Carla. Okay. They're the ones that um, took the roles of parents after my mom passed away oh really yeah well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that brother yeah so uh, i i would have thought you would probably would have been the protector of the system i was so. i was young i was i was always you know what i mean a little feisty fucker you know jealous extremely jealous when you when you're raising a household full of women you tend to you tend to get used to the the nurture and the love that they give you you know what i'm saying you don't want to share it with nobody you know what i mean of course so yeah i remember you know i have four sisters and I remember when I first saw, now that you bring that up, um, one of my sisters hold hands with her boyfriend, who yeah, eventually yeah. would be her husband. <clears throat> but it felt weird to me because, you know, that's your sister. You yeah, most definitely. Hell yeah. So so now, uh, as a kid growing up, what type of music was played? Uh, like maybe what would your father play? What would your mother play? 
Um, my dad was a huge Elvis Presley fan. Um, he even looked like him to some degree. Really? Yeah, heavy on that style. And then my mom, she was also huge on Elvis Presley, like the the early rock, you know. But um, mostly it was salsa and cumbias and really? um, rancheras, no corridos. We did rancheras in my family. Hmm. So okay. traditional Mexican music, pretty much, you know. Really? Now, 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 where are your parents from? Where, where is your father? Where is your mother from? Um, my dad's from Durango. My mom's from, from San Salvador. Okay, yeah. Salvador. So you have Salvadorian. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Now, let me just start right there because I want to nail something down real quick. Uh, due to some comments and due to some things that some people wrote me because they knew I was having you. Mm. Okay. Some people said, why are you having that uh, uh, Salvadorian, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's not even full Mexican. Look, let me say this, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, both my parents were from Mexico, okay? I don't ever trip on who's half, who's not, you know, who's half Guatemalan or who's whatever. I have brothers that, I have a brother that married a black woman mm -hmm. and I have black nephews and nieces, Yeah, most bro. definitely. You know, I mean, <clears throat> am I only supposed to love the Mexican side of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... I, what I don't I don't understand is that why does a rasa come together instead of just nitpicking on well you're not really Mexican well you're mm. not really Salvadorian well, that shit doesn't matter to me you know and it shouldn't matter to any of us and I just would hope that we would just kind of grow the fuck up and not uh, uh, criticize that when one of us tries to climb the ladder we know what we do we shoot each other down bro. yeah most definitely well it's a it's it's a psychological issue that's like heavy with our community and our people and like in our culture for the most part it's, you know it, it's it's a lot of insecurity you yeah. know it has to do a lot with insecurity um my mom used to refer to um people with that kind of mentality mentality that eran indias you know uh -huh. they'll be like es, es indio ese hombre you know like more or less speaking towards the lack of his understanding and knowledge and wisdom of the world you feel what i'm saying because the native indians all they knew was their tribes you feel what i'm saying yeah so it's a lot of tribalism mentality that we have but i believe that it comes with a lot of insecurities and that's what i believe is the main seed in our community that still has us killing each other you know what i'm yes. saying yeah. even uh, when it comes to like the gang banging and, and how we're still part of gangs you know what i'm saying and how heavy the the <clears throat> the potential for another Mexican to kill another Mexican is, you know what I mean? To this right. day, right. Um, it's just a lot of insecurities that we lack of understanding within ourselves, you know? Yeah. Like we haven't really come to grasp with our full potential and our greatness of where we stand. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I agree. Like a lot of people still see themselves in our community as less than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Therefore, there's always a chip on their shoulder. Machismo for us as, as male Hispanics, you know what I'm saying? Always testing each other because of the insecurities that we have. You right. know what I mean? Um, I don't. I don't necessarily blame it on our upbringing. Um, I think I blame it more. I guess I, I would personally blame it like on the men in our culture. Like, there's a right. lot of. You know, the way I could best describe it is that um, they didn't know no better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that with, with evolution and with evolving, as men in our communities, you know, we we um tend to grow more of an understanding now because we have a bigger eyesight even through music through education through tv we have a bigger understanding of what of what a man really has to do to raise another man you feel what i'm saying yeah a lot of times growing up like i believe that the males in our family thought that they just had to teach us how to be strong you know what i'm saying nothing nothing less than 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 just being a hard-working back strong prideful motherfucker you feel what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> and i think that um they didn't know no better you know that's that's probably yeah. what their dads taught them you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and so forth and so forth but i think now with our generation um it's very important to demonstrate and lead the youth also with love you know what i'm saying yeah. with a lot of love and a lot of nurturing you know what i mean absolutely yeah. you know uh, uh, on that same note let, let me share something uh and i shared it on past shows I have family, I have nephews and nieces that are half Filipino, half Mexican, half Mexican, half Vietnamese, half Mexican, half white, half Mexican, half black, mm. except my grandbabies are actually Italian, Irish, and Mexican. Mm. So I'm not with all that negativity that he's yeah, only yeah. half this or half that. Look, man, uh, uh, we've met, I support you, uh, my doors are open, so I would never look at uh, you like that. And I just wish that yeah. our, our people wouldn't look at us like that, you know. Well, you know what? They look at us like that through the fucking screen. 
Because ain't nobody in public ever told me you ain't shit. You're half Salvadoran. I'll tell you that right now. So that that's the, that's the huge um fucking, you know, it's a huge cop out. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers are behind the keyboard. So they got something to say about everything. But in person, the motherfucker, you know, has none but love and respect and admiration for you. So, I mean, you know, insecurities come out in, in the most shameful ways. You know what I mean? From a distance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like, I think the weakest motherfucker is something that disses you through a DM. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Of course, uh, somebody with a fake profile. Yeah, most definitely, yeah. So, anyways, I'm glad we touched on that because I think that that was important for people to know that we don't play that bullshit here. Yeah, yeah, no okay. uh, Next, you, you're out of high school, so uh, what is um, Bozo doing next? Um, catching cases. You know, I went to prison. I got sentenced to go to prison at 17 years old. Um, my 18th birthday, I, I had it in prison um, the first time. Um, I got caught with a couple firearms but at the time like you know the the war was big you know what i mean and in the city of pico like we were really you know killing each other at the time so you know i had got shot recently i got shot at and so forth and so forth so i i felt a need to really protect my life and i got caught you know what i mean because you know you grow up in the city cops get to know you you know what i mean yeah just like you know the neighbors you know those local cops you know yeah. what i'm saying when you're fucking around so it caught up to me i went to prison for the first time i went to um upstate um a prison called susanville so my around what year was this I want to say 98, 98, you're okay. 98, yeah. 98. So um, so I went to prison um, and I did time with Northerners and homies from Northern Cali, you know what I'm saying, that, that run Sureño and all that shit. So it really opened my eyes to a lot of unity and a lot of love, you know what I'm saying? Back then, um, the structure of the suit was like heavy, you know what I'm saying? It was real, I want to say, I don't know, maybe, you know, it was stronger before, but I, I believe at that time it was in a, in a real good place you know what i'm saying okay. we took care of each other loved each other you know okay uh during your teenage years like during high school or maybe even elementary did you ever like go to lp or CYA? oh yeah i did i did all them shits i did them all i went through lp central juvenile house silmar um i went to camp scoby camp miller camp gonzalez the only thing i never did was ya but i even did placements and all that see because what happened was my mom died when i was a kid so my dad kind of took it you know he didn't really take it so good you know what i mean he kind of lost himself so he lost custody on myself in the process you know so i became a ward of the state you know so um i was put up in um placement homes where um kids without families and parents that have caught cases go to my sisters were too young to take custody of me so um basically i just became a, a child of the state you know what i'm saying so um i didn't really have a good i mean I was in and out of institutions, you know, as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know how to act, you know? You could imagine you're 14 and your parents are both out of your life. Like, who the fuck's going to tell you anything? Right, right. Especially okay. you just, you clicked up with the whole hood. Like, right. I have the same friends since elementary, you know? My homeboys, literally my whole class that I went to school with from the first grade, we're all from the same clique now, you know? Right, right. You know, since since uh, you said you went to all these other camps, you know, uh, uh, Los Padrinos, I was in seventh grade when I went to Los Padrinos and uh, I wasn't there too long. But, it, you know, the, the crazy thing was, I, I almost want to say the funny thing was when I got there, I saw a lot of the homies that I hadn't seen in a long time. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, there, was here, that disappeared? Here, yeah, here you are, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. But I'll tell you what <clears throat> really helped me change my mindset there hmm. was when he told me, you're going to go to the chapel, you have a visitor. Yeah, 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 and I'll be honest to you because I remember my mother telling me, you know, si te vas a la cárcel, no te voy a ir a visitar. Yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. go visit you. Mm -hmm. You go to jail. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, I thought I was a badass, but I went and I saw her face, bro, and she had tears in her eyes. And at that moment, I knew that I could think I'm hard, but I was really hurting her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I never had to face that. I'm lucky. Yeah, you okay. know, I consider myself lucky that I never lived the chance to disappoint my mother you know what i'm saying right like right. when she passed away i was an innocent kid she never saw me do nothing bad and i think that's what i lacked was that conviction you know like somebody that i really yeah you know loved love love like you know what i'm saying yeah. like madly loved with was disappointed in me because you know you know th th there's an emptiness and losing a mother that could never ever be replaced my, oh yeah most my definitely. mama's been gone for over over <clears throat> 10 years now and there's still a part of me that feels empty. No doubt, no know? doubt. Yeah, my criminal history is a reflection of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now uh, you were in prison. How long were you in there uh, uh, in prison? Um, The first time, I think I did like a year and a half or some shit like that. Okay. Um, like, no, two years. I did two years, yeah. Okay. I was supposed to come home. I was supposed to come home. I remember this clear as day. I was supposed to come home. I had 10 days to go home. And a friend of mine from Vado Norwalk, Spooky, 
had got jumped by the northerners you know uh -huh. no, no 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 i'm sorry german from from big hazard got jumped by the northerners and um i'm in the kitchen chaha i used to work the chaha and spooky from out of norwalk young fool my age at the time tells me like we gonna let that shit ride and i'm and i'm thinking in my head i mean i'm thinking in my head i think we gotta wait for like instructions no from like older people in the fucking yard to tell us what to do and he's like nah fuck that we're taking off right now like there's only one northerner working in the kitchen with us, you know? Right. And he's all, we moving on him. And he's from my area, you know, we're from Southeast. So I couldn't turn him down. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right. And I'm th I remember, though, in the back of my head thinking like, fuck, I'm going home in 10 days. He doesn't know that shit, nor does he give a fuck, you know? So he's like, let's get him. So I'm like, fuck it. Like, let's get him. And I ended up doing another fucking year. Wow. I didn't go home. Like, we fucking, you know what I mean? We chased him down the yard, trying to stab him and shit. Fuck, got caught, got shot out by the tower. And I was in the shoe. I remember I went to the hole. I got a shoe, but I'm in the hole in the back. And I swear to you, I'm there two weeks past my date. And my sister writes me a letter and she's like, hey, no, I mean, I hate to bring this up. No disrespect to my, my baby mom, but I get a letter and my sister's like, hey, your fucking baby mom moved on. And then she tells me the name of the guy. Right. And it's like one of my older homies. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like. I had never, you know, I didn't, as a kid, you don't see these circumstances happening. You know what I mean? And you don't comprehend all this shit that's going to, that real life is going to throw at you. You know what I'm saying? You're, you think you're a youngster from the hood and everybody loves you and the hood is, you know, is a bond. You know what I mean? Indestructible. You know what I'm saying? And then you start to see what real life will do to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you right. know, it, you, you learn a lot. Like nobody told me as a kid, like, hey, man, when you go to the joint, like, you're going to fucking squat and cough or whatever officer tells you to. You know what I mean? Right. Um, on a 3R, you might have to hoop your fucking fierro. You know what I'm saying? Like, if motherfuckers... I think that if motherfuckers would have told me that when I was a kid, I would have looked at prison different. Yeah. But all I knew was American me, and all I knew was the barbecues we would throw for my homeboys every time they paroled. And the way all, every bitch in the hood was trying to suck their dick. You feel what I'm saying? Of course. That's all I saw, saw was a glorification of fools coming home from prison. I remember the Polaroid pictures. They used to send from the yard all yoked up. All these motherfuckers like... They look like gods to me. You know, as a kid, those were my superheroes. I didn't fucking read Iron Man or fucking X-Men. Like, I was looking at fucking Polaroids and my big homies, tatted up, swole, looking like Aztec gods, dog, you know? Everything creased, shoes shined, like, impeccable. Them fuckers were impeccable, you know? And, um, but my big homies never told me, you know what I mean? Like, yo, like, you might have to go on hunger strikes. You might not eat for a fucking month, you know what I'm saying? Like... You might have to fucking wake up five there in the morning and have to bust out 200 fucking 113 burpees, 113 Navy SEALs and 113 fucking squats before fucking breakfast even comes, you know? Right, right. But uh, so, you know, I think now, you know, there, there's a lot more of um of of us speaking up on that shit now to the to the youth. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I think that there's a lot more game that's being told. I don't, I don't think my older homies even thought that that far ahead though you know yeah yeah i thought they were teaching us I, I i truly believe that they thought they were teaching us the best they could you know what i'm saying right right okay now in between all of this how did music or how did um <clears throat> what you do now how was that inspired as far as rapping is concerned was it when you before you went to prison in prison you know it uh, was uh, my love for hip-hop started when i was five years old i fell in love with rap like as a kid and, she, she, and share that part yeah like, well my were... mom my mom was my mom was a very um unique individual like my mom wouldn't buy me toys you know my mom would buy me music you know what i'm saying okay um okay. she would never buy me a fucking gi joe to her it was a waste of money i don't know what her trend thought was behind that because we never had that conversation obviously i was a child but i remember that i went if i went into a rec store and i wanted a cd it, it didn't matter fucking Ice Cube was on fucking flipping the middle with a nine millimeter brow on the cover. She would buy it for me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I don't, I don't get her train of thought back then. Cause now that I think about it, I'm like, I wouldn't buy my little boy that fucking album. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But she would buy me literally any CD and any tape that I wanted and Walkmans and headphones. I always had them. That was what I was going to ask. Was it vinyl? Was it cassette? Was it no, music? it was cassette tapes. Eh? And I remember I used to be excited to go buy a single for $4, you know? Yeah. We used to go to the local fucking uh, music revolution or, or, Tower Records, and they would yeah. have the little singles in the car, and those to me were the shit. Like, I remember I bought Vanilla Ice's single as soon as it dropped, Ice Ice Baby. I, I thought he was black as a motherfucker when I first heard him. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, my love for music started early, man, like like five years old. I remember 
I would stay up and um, they used to have this TV show back in the days on, on regular TV. I think it was Channel 13 in L.A. Now, I want to say that it was called Uptown, Uptown, okay. Uptown Videos or some mm-hmm. shit like that. I don't remember the name, but I remember that I would stay up. And um, to be honest with you, my favorite rapper, my first favorite rapper was MC Hammer, you know? Really? Now, be honest. Did you ever try to dance like so him? I, I did. I didn't try. I did that shit. Like, really? I shot that shit. Like, Can you still dance like him? Nah. <laughs> nah, hell no. Nah. But that Hammer Don't Hurt Him album, that was my shit. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I was, that was my shit. I remember my sister used to go to concerts, the powerhouses that were having them ready. And he, yeah. would, he would be there. You know what I mean? Um, I remember footage of him on stage with actual hammers fucking hammering on the stage and his whole fucking entourage of like 30 motherfuckers up there dancing. And to me, that was the dopest shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Now, have you ever met him? Hammer? Nah, I never even seen him. And, and okay. you know how I just met that? That was a huge, um, like, fuck. I was like, I don't get starstruck. You know what I mean? Okay. But I met Keith Sweat and I fucking got starstruck. Wow. Because I remember as a kid, like, all the killers in my neighborhood banged Keith Sweat. Make you know? it last forever, homie. Make it last forever. How deep is your love? Um, something just ain't right. All that shit. All they that would knock that shit. Like, uh, I mean, those are like oldies to us. Exactly, you know? yeah. And I remember they would post up on my block in, like, Bugs. You know, Volkswagens back yeah. then. And the mini Nissan trucks and fucking be knocking that shit. Yeah, man. Neighbors well, didn't call the cops back then, you know? Last Sunday, I interviewed a guy named Big Daddy Swoles. And I hope he's watching. Much love and respect to Big Daddy Swoles. His good friend... Is MC Hammer. Oh, yeah. So if he's ever right? in town, I'll call you. Yeah, no doubt. Let so me you know. could come meet yeah, him, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I want to catch you guys doing the same moves <clears throat> together. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, we can try. I had, to, I had to throw that out there. We can try. But so uh, um, you, you loved Hammer. Uh, when did you start getting into, or should I say, um, when you first heard like rap, other than maybe a Hammer, Ice Ice Baby, like, that's my shit. That's what I want to do. Was there anybody? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. America's Nightmare. Okay. That album fucking hit me like God. You mean uh, America's Most Wanted? America's Most Wanted. My bad. America's okay. Nightmare is a spice one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. America's Most Wanted. I heard it and I remember fucking it was over. I was in a gangbang. What? what uh, now, when did you, when do you think you started like, okay, I'm going to start writing lyrics? Um, writing lyrics didn't come to like late, 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 late. Because see, the thing is like, I was so heavy with the gangbanging. Like, to be honest with you, like, um, you know, I was gangbanging was my life, dog. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I loved it. You know, to this day, like I still, you know, I'm not shooting at people, but I love my neighborhood. Like I'm yeah. very heavily involved and participate in anything my neighborhood does. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, like I didn't, I didn't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, if I talk about dark places in my life, I can't really put it on the 10 years I did in prison. I got to do it. I got to put on the 10 years I did before prison. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because I was heavy on drugs. I was heavy, um, you know, with the robbery shit, gangbang, shooting. You know, a lot of people died in that time. You know, I've had homeboys die in my arms. Um, people that I really, really loved were murdered. You know what I'm saying? And in horrible ways and shit. Fools that I grew up with. So, um, yeah, writing music didn't come till... I was uh, in prison for the second time. I was in prison for the yeah. second time. And, and what did you go to prison for For the second the time? The second time, I believe it was for robberies, a string of robberies I had done. Okay. Um, it was my first time ever being busted for violence, you know, so they gave me a, a four with 80 or some shit like that. Um, I did three and a half years off of that. And then, um, but I had a, I have a cousin. Well, I had a cousin, rest in peace, Smiley from Bugar and Locals, um, Anthony. And he was like, you know, he was, we were like brothers, you know what I'm saying? I'm on the streets. We grew up with the same people. We grew up in the same neighborhood. Um, he got into a different gang from a different city because I wouldn't allow him to join my neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was trying to protect him or whatever the fuck I thought I was doing. Um, but yeah, he was murdered. And he was murdered when I was in prison. I was in reception. Um, they killed him. And um, I remember clear as day, man, I, I had a... You know, I had a I had a premonition that somebody was gonna die that I loved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I remember I was asleep in my bunk, and I remember that in the dream I was in the audience, and there was a dude on stage rapping, and he was saying, um, he was basically saying that a mother was shedding tears because her son had just got killed. You know? And um, I woke up, and literally, like the warden was calling me to the office to notify me that my you know my cousin had got murdered. He got shot nine times in the city of Bell Gardens. So, um, due to, um, you know, lack of resources in prison, you know, there was no psychologist to come see me on a fucking three yard that wanted to talk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so they sent a guy to my cell and he knocked on my window 
And he was like, look, I know you just suffered a huge blow. Um, you had a tragedy happen in your life and in normal circumstances. You know, I would have you come into the office and talk. He's all, but I don't have the resources or the time to do it. Like, you're probably a 30th dude I got to see today, you know? Um, but he told me, um, I want to give you some insight and I want to give you some advice and hopefully you'll, you'll hear me out. And I was like, yeah, no doubt. Um, so he gave me a notepad and he gave me a box of pencils. And he told me, since I can't talk to you, he told me I would like for you to talk to this notepad. He told me every day, take some time and write down um, what you're going through and how you're feeling, whether it's a good day or a bad day. You know what I mean? Um, use it as a diary. And then in, in, in certain amount of times, pick whether a month or two weeks, or every two weeks, I want you to go back and read it. You know what I'm saying? I want you to go back and read it and see how you're how you're growing through this process that you're going through, you know, and see that if you see yourself either gaining hope or getting more uh, um, sorrow from living on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, all right, no doubt. So I tried doing that and um, it didn't work for me. So I had to write music. I would write what I felt in music and that worked for me a lot. Okay. So since then I started writing music. Yeah. Okay. Now, what year did you get out of that 10 years? What year? Uh, oh, from, the, from doing my 10 years in prison, I got out in 2015. What are we in right now? 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got out in 2015. Um, I originally moved out to Colorado. And what, then... What part of Colorado? Um, It was a city called Longmont. It was a city you, called Longmont. I was there for like six months. You lived in Longmont? Yeah, and I, I caught a case out there. I know people from Longmont. Much, much love to Longmont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird little town, man. It's a strange little town, but... <laughs> they call it Longtown or some something shit. like that. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, but anyways, I caught a case out there. I beat somebody up pretty bad, and they locked me back up, and then I lost my right to be out there. You know what I mean? I was with somebody in a relationship by the time out there, so that's how I ended up out there. Um... When now, I got out of prison... When you were living out there, <clears throat> were you recording already or no? Nah, hell no. Nah. Well, no. Well, what happened was that I had a... I was doing a lot more time, you know? But what happened was that the laws changed and, and there was an overturn in, in, in charges that I had. Like, um, So they had to reassess my time, you know? And what happened was that the laws changed and, and a few cases that I had that were being held against me to do prison time were, low, were no longer punishable by time in prison. So... When they um, took my case back to court, I ended up having done more time than I should have. You know mm. what I mean? I was t I was 10 years, two months into my sentence, and I should have been out like fucking six years ago. You know? Right. So literally, I'm on my rack. Uh, I, knew, I knew the process was going on because I had spoke to my lawyer, but it was a non-appearance. I didn't have to come down or nothing. But long story short, they call me into office. They're like, hey, like, you're going home in 10 days, you know? And it was like... Of course, I was happy, but at the same time, like, I wasn't mentally ready, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I still had six more years to go, you know? I wasn't even fucking thinking about right, right, right. getting out, you know what I mean? So, it was um, it was a shock. What prison were you being released from at this time? Um, At this time, I was being released from Jamestown. Okay. Jamestown, I believe it was, yeah. Um, I had dropped points after fucking being in the cell, locked down so many years, you know? My last two years, I did them on a lower level, like one and two yards, you know? <laughs> But anyways, yeah, so they told me I was going home in 10 days, and I was just like, I didn't really know what to do, eh? you know what I'm saying? Like, mentally, I wasn't ready. I, I didn't have, like, I had a complex of being a burden, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I had been down so long that I had, I want to say, <laughs> kind of, um, I was a little ashamed of, of okay. the situation I was in, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I was ashamed of being um, in my early 30s and not having established myself and, like, doing nothing but fucking prison time and... I mean, I got to say, being locked down the way I was for so long really broke my confidence. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I wasn't the man. The man that you see now, that wasn't me. You know what okay. I mean? It took a little time and it took a little nourishing from my family again um, to make me complete again. You know what I'm saying? Let's. Uh, uh, I want you to hold that thought because what you just said right now was key. We said the man that you are now wasn't the man who you were then yeah that's what i want to talk about when we get back most definitely okay so uh once again we have uh bozo in the building uh we're going to talk about how he got his name uh what he has out what he's working what he's going to be doing in the future uh we just heard a little bit of his background once again uh call somebody text somebody pay somebody uh, uh let them know that bozo's in the building we'll be back on rhodium radio once again you can order the rhodium mixtape documentary you can order my mixtapes online and you can get apparel free shipping uh, just in time for the holidays. So once again, Tony A. Bozo, Pico Rivera, Wilmington is in the building. Stay tuned. 
Yo, once again, uh, welcome back to Rodian Radio. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, let me give a shout out to Ontario. I saw your message, bro. Uh, much love, much respect to Ontario. And I want to uh, address some of the some of you people that have uh, ordered shirts and hoodies. Uh, let me say this: that they will get to you asap. Uh, the shop that usually sends them out. What happens is. Number one, they're backed up because of the holidays. Number two, we just moved buildings. So please give us some time and we'll get your, your hoodies and your shirts out to you. I, I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Uh, um, so I needed to address that. But once again, you can order the Rodeo Mixtape Documentary at documentary.com. Um, once again, you will not be disappointed. Uh, without further ado, uh, Bozo, thank you for uh, being yes, here with no me. Doubt, no doubt. You know, thank you. Let me ask you something. I know this sounds kind of funny. I know you have Salvadoran and have Mexican. So, mm. what do you prefer, pupusas or enchiladas? Pupusas all day. Pupusas all day, you know. Hey, you know what? I like yes, pupusas too, but the human kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, okay. Anyways, so now you're, you're uh, out of uh, jail. Out of prison, I should say, and you said your mentality was not all there because uh -huh. you thought you were going to do more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, when did you actually start? Now saying, okay, I want to start recording. Was it soon after that, or was it later after that? Um, it was it was later after that. It was like a year after that. Okay, um, so you say what, two thousand six, maybe? No, no, no. Oh, you mean okay? My original time from the yes, the original time I got out, it was two thousand four. And my homeboy Stomper, shout out my homeboy Stomper, um, he was he was already signed to High Power Capone's label. Okay, you know, so when we were when I was first originally busted, Stomper used to come. He was with me in the county jail, and um, you know I used to rap in the cell, you know, being on bunks and doing my shit. So Stomper used to always tell me like, I gotta get you in the studio when you get out, you know. So he started this music shit for us in my neighborhood, you know what I mean, and um. As soon as I touched down, I was out, I think, two days, and he was like, hey, we got to go to the studio. So um, he took me to um, to Mr. Criminal, Criminal Studio. Back then, it was called the Crime Lab in Fontana. Shout out Mr. Criminal, too. Um, he was the first dude to ever, like, really um, shit encourage me to, to okay. really write and rap, you know, like, really, really, you know? Right. Um. So anyways, yeah, we went to the studio and recorded the first song, you know what I mean? And, and um, Around what year was this? This is 04. 04, like 04 okay. Yeah, yeah, middle of 04 and shit. Um, Cause I went back to prison. Um, I want to say 05, late of 05. It just seemed like you just couldn't stay out of prison. Huh? Nah, I'm telling you, I was. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I, I trip on that shit, man. Cause um, I couldn't stay still. You know. Okay. Like to me, there was always a robbery I didn't commit that I could have. <laughs> there was always somebody I could shoot that I didn't. You know. Right. There was always pussy I could have fucked that I didn't fuck. You know what I'm saying? Of course, like, of course. There was always like a, a hunger. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. a, a young man's hunger. That fucking was relentless in me, like relentless, relentless. You know, the only ones that would pick it up was my sisters, you know? Right. Um, I have a big mouth, you know what I'm saying? So when I was quiet, they knew I was plying, you know? Yeah. And my yeah. sister would be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're not comfortable? Like, what the fuck? And I'd be like, nah, I'm not. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I was, you know, I don't know. You know, you know as a kid, uh, I was never a thief, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and then whenever I did slang dope, it was small time. I was a nickel and dimer. Yeah. Only to buy my Jordans, my records, my mixer, my, you know, whatever. Because mm -hmm. like, I knew once I got a record deal, I was going to go straight le legit, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was a nickel and dimer, curb serving pretty much. But I remember uh, I was never good at stealing. And I learned it when I was in elementary school. Uh, uh, it was summertime. We wanted to have water balloons. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have no fucking money. Yeah. So I remember going into the liquor store and I grabbed some water balloons and I was looking around. But I didn't realize that they had that corner mirror where they could see you. And I got some water balloons and I stuffed down my carzones. And when I walked outside, I don't know why I was hanging around. I was just kind of looking around. And then the owner of the liquor store comes out and he goes like this to me. And he said, what do you have in there? And I just said, and I gave it back to him. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he held me, called my mom. My mom beat the shit out of me in the liquor store. Yeah. And that was my last robbery. Yeah. Or, my, <laughs> or me yeah. trying to steal. You know, that was the last time that I've ever did that. So I was never really good at stealing. So I kind of learned my lesson. And I'm kind of glad because I got my ass whooped because every ass whoop that I ever got, I, it was well deserved. So I don't. I'm not one of those kids that looks down like on my mother for beating my ass. No, I think ass whoopings are are, are necessity. Yes. Like I think I think that shit, man. I, I don't. I you know, there's a difference between giving your child an ass whooping than to giving a fucking stranger an ass whooping on the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's two different completely fucking arguments right there. You feel what I'm saying? I think that um, 
I don't know about females. I can't really speak as far as females, but I think as far as men raising boys, you got to whip a motherfucker's ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have, you know, one of my older homies, man, like me and him are still close as fuck. I remember I was a kid and um, I disrespected him. You know, I was 16 years old. I was high as fuck off of meth and I thought I was the fucking man. You know what I'm saying? And I came at my older homie sideways and I remember him telling me like, all right, motherfucker, like, you know, you're strapped right now. But one of these days I'm a catcher. You're not going to be strapped. You know what I mean? That's right. And sure as fuck, man, he caught me, man. And he fucking, that fool put hands on me like I had never been. I was, I was 16 at the time and he was easily 27. You okay. know what I'm saying? So a grown man, fuck. I had it coming though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that was, that was a huge eye opener for me though. You feel what I'm saying? I had to decide whether I was going to take it, take it in a negative way. Or I was going to take it the right way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause, cause ignorance will tell you like, fuck that. I'm gonna catch that old motherfucker slipping. You know what I'm saying? But love will tell you like, nah, that's my big homie. You know what I'm saying? If you fuck me up, it's for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. No matter the bruises, no matter how much it hurt. Like I fucked up cause this fool would never do that to me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I learned, and that shit taught me a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it it taught me a lot of respect, and, and it taught me a lot of understanding, you know what I'm saying? Not to be so quick and act off an of impulse, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I'm glad that you can admit that, because most people would never admit that they got their ass whooped. No, you know I've had a few, but, you know. So, so that's a good thing. So you record at the Crime Lab, if I'm yeah, correct? Yeah, okay. no doubt. What happens with that first song? Did you guys put it out just yet? Did you guys just wait on it? Did you start building on an album? What, what, nah, what right away, um, after the first song, I did it. Um, it was from my homeboy Stomper's album. He had a group called Soul Drink. It's called um, The Newest and the Strongest, the name of the album. Um, we did a neighborhood song, more or less. We're from the new side of Pico, so we okay. call it New Town. But after the first recording, Criminal always used to you know, make sure to involve me in sessions. You know, Like, hey, where's Bozo? Where's Bozo? He got my number. And he would be like, yo, like, I want, I, I hear you on this track. Like, I want you on this. So I was constantly, after the first recording, I was in the studio, like, all the time. You know, like, I don't think a week went by that I didn't have my own sessions. You know, um, Capone pretty much opened up the doors to their studios also at the, at the same time. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. So, and whenever Stomper had it, I would go, you know what I mean? So forth and so forth. Like, I caught, a I caught a pretty quick buzz, you know? Okay. After my first verse that I really dropped, like, people were really... Really want to hear my music and off top, like I just I just signed a deal with um high power, you know. Okay, Th that's what I wanted to ask you. Is like, now most people will probably never admit it, but I'm gonna ask mm -hmm. you: Did you have any ghostwriters, or did you write your own? Oh no, nah, I always wrote my own shit. Can nobody write the shit I write, or how I say it? You know, and that's good. It, that's yeah. good because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're better than anybody. It just makes it just makes it that you're different from everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I like. I like different. That's why I like. Misfits music mm. because Misfit is different and I love his shit. Bro. Yeah, well, it's a state of mind, you know. I think yeah. I think that um, it's a it's a conscious choice that you make when you start writing. Yeah, and I think that it's something you know. I, I think everybody has their own translation of of life. You know what I mean? Okay. And you and you and you hear that through people's music and lyricism and and how they talk and what they say and how they word shit and the the stories they tell in music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, people do ghostwrite and it, and it, you know it works for some people, but when you're um, when you're translating the pain, suffering, lifestyle, of the streets, like can nobody emulate yeah. that shit? You know what okay. I'm saying? You could probably emulate a party song. You know, anybody okay. could write you that. Now here's the million dollar question: mm. Where did the name Bozo come from? Because you know when we think Bozo, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, what, what do we think? Yeah, of? yeah, yeah, yeah. But idiot, but jackass, uh, uh, yeah, the clown, yeah, Bozo yeah. the clown. Okay, so how did that name come about? Um, a group of kids that I grew up with, man. Like, I was always the class clown, you know? Like, I have a fucking yearbook where in the back of it, class clown is me, you know what I'm saying? Wow. I, I couldn't, you know, I was always fucking jackass, you know? Right. Um, I always like to joke around and fuck around. So, um, I got into my neighborhood over the summer, you know, from going to um, junior high to high school, I believe. And um, I was going to be called clown originally from my hood, Payaso, you know? Yeah. But it just so, it so turned out that the, the name Payaso was... It was no good in my neighborhood, you know? Whoever had it before, like, shitted on it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't even an option. But my mentality was still like, I got to be that. That's me, you feel me? Right. So a group of kids, I think it was like summer school. And we sat down, a girl I grew up with, Anna Robles, the homie Andy Bonilla. Um, I want to think who else is in the fucking classes. But these are all kids. We're all kids. And um, we're talking about, like, Cause they already know I got into the hood and back then they were like super excited about it. You know, like damn, right. this is from PN now, you know, like the fuck. 
Um, so we were throwing around names of clowns and Bozo. I, I liked it, you know. I was like, Bozo, I like the way that shit sounds. Fuck it. And I was like, Fuck it, that's me. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and I rode with it since then. I've always had it. You know what I mean? People always told me like, you should think about changing it for rap, and I'm like, Nah. Like my name carries weight. You feel what I'm saying? Like right, that right. shit ain't, and it's not a rap name. This is like a real motherfucker's name. You know, I'm not gonna okay. give that shit up. You know? Okay. Now, now, you said earlier that you signed a deal with High Power. Mm -hmm. Okay, what year was that? Um, 2005. 2005. Yeah. Now, when you say when you say High Power, is it more than just Capone? Is there other people, or is it just like he's the main guy? Well, at the time we had distribution through Universal. Okay. And and I believe that he had he had a distribution deal. You know, more or less, like they told him, all right, like. You bring in these you you bring in whatever music you can or whatever artists you can we're gonna pay you for it you know what i'm saying okay and then you pay them however you, whatever you deem is fucking you okay. know so um it was a distribution deal that he had you know he had started his own label and they had allowed him um to sign whoever however he wanted you know what i mean so he signed me to a deal for one album well it was more than that actually but literally four months after i caught my i did my fucking I signed my deal. I caught my 10 years, you know? I wow. did, yeah, right after that. So I, I literally, the album that they put out for me was called Free Bozo, but it was just literally a, a, a bunch of music that I had around so many studios, they grabbed it and just created an album. Created you know? an album. So that I wouldn't fucking default on my, on my contract, you know what I mean? But he cashed me out, though. He paid me. He even paid me when I got out this time, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, money that I believed he owed me. He still, you know, he didn't really give me a hard time. He gave me a check and, you know? Okay. That was cool, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so now you went in, you did your 10. Mm hmm. And then now you release what year again now? Um, release 2015. 2015. Did you immediately start recording? No, you... no, okay. I didn't because, you know, like I said, I wasn't here. You know, I okay. wasn't mentally here. I was, you know, what I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to get out, man. Like I still had a lot of questions of myself, you know, self doubt. So, um, and then it didn't help that the woman that I was with was beating me up mentally even more. You feel what I'm saying? Okay. Like was trying to make me feel like. I didn't know how to act, you know what I'm saying? Like on my own, right. my own decisions weren't normal life, you know what I mean? They make you, people make you, convince you sometimes that you're a fucking animal, dog, you know what I mean? Right, they need to hold right. your hand through life or else you're going to fucking destroy everything, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. So that's literally how I felt for a minute, you know what I mean? But then the world around me, as usual, embraces me, you know? I don't, I don't really have like people that dislike me, you know what I mean? Like people meet me. I typically right. get along with everybody. If it's I don't get along with somebody, yeah, it's for a reason. What you see is what you, know? you get. Yeah, exactly. You. So, um, you know, outside of that relationship, I was becoming successful. Like, you know, meeting people, making money, having a job, being successful around, you know what I'm saying? So that literally, you know, I, it opened my eyes, you know what I'm saying? I remember that I, I met up with a, with a, with a, with a pastor, you know? I have a lot of faith, you know? I have a lot of faith in God. I always have, you know? Even through the thug and shit, like I always, you know... Um, believe God walks with the with the gangsters, you know what I'm saying, all, at all times, you know. So um, I, I spoke to a pastor, and the pastor literally told me, like, man, God didn't design, design you to be a doormat, you know. Like, and that, that shit, I don't, as simple as it is, like, it really, it hit me, you know what I'm saying. Of course. He's all, somebody stepping on you, like, that's not what God intended for you, you know what I mean. Right, like, right. You got you to gotta get yourself out of that way, you know what I mean. And I did, you know what I'm saying. Um, it kind of worked out, like, you know. God's plan is is perfect, you know what I'm saying? Immaculate. So I caught a case and it brought me back home. Okay. Literally sheriffs from um the pro department went and picked me up. They flew my ass back. Okay. You know what I mean? And right here, um the state of the parole determined that, you know, they would let me out. So they released me as soon as I got here. Okay. So around what year now can we say that Bozo starts recording music once again? Um sixteen, two thousand sixteen. Okay, sixteen. Now yeah. Who who was this with independently? She with, was on my own with the okay. homie down the street. My niece's um my niece's baby's dad primo, um okay. David Vergara, Da Vinci, and um Kevin, Kevin Vergara. They live down the street, the boys, man. Kev the Kev, shout out to Kev the Kev. Okay. Um I think I was out two days and I hit them up and I was like, yo, like I wanna spit some shit, you know? And they were like, All right, we know who you are, you know, they they had heard my high power shit, you know? Okay. So they just had a fucking inbox and a and a um Mac Pro and a microphone and they were like let's do it like right here in the fucking laundry room and you could tell it was in the laundry room when right, you hear right, it you know right. what i'm saying but at the time to me it was like to me it was like whoa like let's get it and that's that's just where it started but, but the hunger the desire and the want to was there well i felt like i hadn't finished business you know yeah and i seen the state of chicano rap like where it was at or not even chicano rap to to just rap in just general. rap in general as far as our culture you know like um i just i just feel like a lot of potential got slept on 
and a lot of talent got slept on due to a lot of fucking non-talent that was like flooding the streets. You know what I'm saying? At a time, like, you know, it's almost like it, it was like fucking like a bad batch of dope, you know? Right. Like it hit the streets and after that, nobody wanted to fucking okay. touch that touch that dope no more. You know what I mean? Uh, I had heard somewhere, I don't know how true this is, that there was bad blood between you and Capone at one point. Um, is yeah, that true? Well, it, 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 you know, it was him, you know, being, you know, I guess... To me, this is the only way I can, you know, like put in perspective. Like, I think that he's been in the, the music business so long, you know what I'm saying? That he's, you know, he's developed, you know, bad habits of how he um, approaches people, you know what I'm saying? And um, first and foremost, you got to respect me as a man, you know what I'm saying? And he just did some funny shit that I didn't agree with, you know what I'm saying? And and, 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 uh, and I took it there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I took it there. Like, I just, you know, I went on a, on a little fuck campaign of just dissing him and dissing everything that he stood for, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And, but that's over with, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if we see each other, you know, I would like to catch a fade, you know? You know, I, I want that head up, but it's not going to happen, and I'm cool with it. Fuck it, it's, you know? Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? W when's the last time you actually seen him or talked to him? Fuck, I haven't seen him in years, man. Like, it's been okay. like two years, yeah. I, I, I invited him uh, to the show, I think a couple of shows back. I mm -hmm. invited him uh, to come, mm -hmm. and I would like to interview him. Uh, I believe he has an interesting story on how he started yeah, his, Yeah, most definitely. You know, Capone did a lot of shit, man. A lot of motherfuckers don't... You know, like, you know, I remember doing show shows, like, not these shows that I'm doing now with, like, 100 people, 150. Like, I remember doing shows with that fool where there was thousands of people out there. You feel what I'm saying? And, yeah. and him being, like, one of the mainliners, you know what I'm saying? And um, and him working with, like, Twister back in the day and Snoop, back, you know, even Game. And a lot of motherfuckers really weren't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And um, so he was doing the shit, you know what I mean? My beef with him isn't over, you know, like... Anything that other people, you know what I mean, right. have hold, held against him. You know, a lot of people hold against him. They don't believe he's, you know, like we said earlier, Rasa, or he, he or he represents our culture right. You know what I'm saying? A lot of shit. My beef with him is that he tried to play me for a sucker. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just that. You know, as right. simple as that, you know? Okay. Okay. Now, uh, uh, let me ask you a question. When it comes to Chicano rap, mm -hmm. just rap, Chicano mm -hmm. rap, uh, not including black artists, mm -hmm. but just Chicano rappers, is there anybody that you listen to or that you like maybe in the past like now, you know, give me a couple of names that that I actually actually listen to, um, yeah. put my ear to, um, Misfit. Um, I always thought Kujo was stupid talented, you know. Um, okay. I think it's a shame he doesn't drop more music, you know. Um, who else is out there, man? I, I I liked, I genuinely liked the way Sad Boy did his shit, you know. Okay. When he signed to to um to the four hundred label, I liked the way he did his shit. Um, let me see who else, man. There's like new artists that I listen to that I think are dope. They're on the come up. They're not really like too known, but like the homie OJ the Great, I believe in his talent a lot. Um, there's other homies like, for instance, shit. Let me see who else am I listening to, man? Hmm, that I really put my ear to. Cause I, you know, I'm 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 guilty of being into that gangster shit. You know, okay. I like that I like that street shit. What about the the Frank Breed proper dose? Oh shit! Well, when I was growing up, um, um yeah, I was. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't heavy on Chicano rap growing up. The only artist that I listened to was Proper Dose because they were actually on the radio and they were doing, you know, they were making fuck good music. Lighter Shade of Brown, you know what I'm saying, which was dope as fuck. Cycle Realm, you know what I mean? And that's about it. You know what okay. I mean? That's about my... Now, Mellow Man Ace. I love Mellow Man Ace. Much love Mellow Man Ace. He was here on yeah, Wednesdays. Okay. Now, uh, as far as black rappers today, mm -hmm. who, who are you bumping today? Um, who am I bumping regularly is RJ. I listen to a lot of RJ, G Perico. Um, shit. Let me see. Who else am I listening to? Well, fuck. All the West Coast artists, man. <laughs> Savvy Third, Joe Moses, um, fucking um, OT Genesis. I fuck with OT a lot. The boy. Um, AD. Um, shit. Who else? Um, Rucci somewhat. Shoreline Mafia. You know, I like, I like their shit, what they do, their sound. You know what I mean? To me, they're dope as fuck, and um, that's probably oh, drummer boy. That's another Chicano rap artist okay. that I really, I you know, to me, he's dope, man. He has his own sound. Fuck, kids fly as fuck. You okay, know yeah, you know, a couple of people have requested him on this show. I just don't know how to get a hold of him. I get a hold of him for you. Okay, dope, that's the dope. boy, man. Uh, you're more than welcome to come, drummer boy. I want to interview you and just make it yeah, happen. Yeah, drummer boy's uh, doing his shit. King Lil G's dope, you know. Okay. Um, I, you know, I put my ear to them. Um, Devour's dope, you know. Um, there's a lot of artists out here, man, that like really have a lot of potential. You feel what I'm saying? That girls know the product. Okay. GT Gars out of Houston. Um, they're all Hispanic and they represent it well, you know? Dope, dope. Is there any old school artist that if you had a 
chance to, to you know, be on a track with, you know, oh, on who, anybody, who you, anybody, just anybody, anybody, any old school artist. That obviously they're still alive. L. Cool J. Really? Yeah. Now, why L. That's interesting to me. Why L. Um, fuck. He was, come on, man. Why? He was the fucking dopest motherfucker when he was, man. Like, Mama Sinakiata album, Walking with a Panther. Like, that to me. Walking with, know. remember that one, uh, Big Bud? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm that type of guy. That shit. Was, yeah, that shit, bro. That shit was fucking. The, the, like, going back oh, to Cali? Yeah. I used to like that one. Um, He had on the Mama Sinakiata album that um, Cross Rock Bob with the booming system. system. That be that he took that beat from in vogue and from fucked in vogue. it up. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. I'm glad you said that because uh, LL, I I bump LL when I work out. Yeah, yeah, you know, I love LL. Um, uh, anybody else you, you want to throw out there? That um, anybody else around that? What about like a Snoop game? Well, the, to me, you know, to me, like they're they're dope. Don't get me wrong, like they're legendary and shit, but. You know, I mean, I guess I think back to when I was a kid, you know, and I, like, really looked at fools like they were, like, you know. Of course. Like, they were fucking gods, you know what I'm saying? So, um, back in that era, I would have to say Ice-T. Okay. Um, Original Gangsta. That was my album, man. Original Gangsta. Yeah. Dope, dope. Okay, so, like, um, what can we expect from Bozo now? Are, are you working on anything? Do you have a project you're working on? Yeah, I constantly drop music, man. I just, I just did my own campaign called The Hunger Games. Uh -huh. where I was dropping a, a, seat, a song and a video like every week. Um, so I did that. Right now, currently, like I stay working on music, man. I'm still, you know, I'm still rocking with the homie from Fan First. Um, shout out Steve. I still fuck with PCNTS, my management, you know. Um, I still fuck with this fool. Like, Misfit calls me randomly. Hey, get in here. And I'm in there. Um, AI um shit I'm, I'm still working i'm i'm you know these this last um spotify numbers that came out really like motivated me you know yeah i, I was able to look back at my numbers a year ago and i was able to look at it now and like i fucking shot through the roof you know i, I hit yeah. over half a million um and i was telling misfit like i made money you know this year you know independently on my own you know um god was good to me this year as far as my grind you feel me yeah so um you know i'm i'm really motivated by that shit and i want to i'm gonna drop more content than i have before like coming up you okay. know like i'm gonna drop an album in the next hopefully 60 days you know what i'm saying then i'll okay. still keep dropping within that time i'll still drop like i'm sure a video on a single every month you know okay um what producers are you working with or, or are you producing your own stuff no i don't produce at all man i believe in land you know dudes do what they do you know what i'm saying like i'm glad you said that yeah you know i mean i think that everybody has their craft man and like you know one thing I, there, there's no there's nothing that an engineer or producer can tell me about writing music you know so therefore there's nothing that i'm gonna tell a producer and engineer about making a beat or how they mix master my shit you yeah. feel what i'm saying like i trust if i if i'm in the studio with somebody a producer it's it's off top because i already know they're dope Right. I don't right. I don't just walk into a stranger's room and be like, hey, what you got? Let me hear your, you know? Right. Nah, it's right. like I, I seek fools out, you know? Um, with Misfit, I already know guaranteed I'm going to get what I want. With right. AI, the same shit. Um, producers that I work with, like Audio, Ace Beats, um, those fools are just... Right now, I started working with Sonny Slick. Um, shout out to the homie that reached out to me. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I, I trust the people that I work with and I let them do their shit, you know? Okay. Okay, you know, the reason uh, I'm glad you brought that up that I let producers produce, you yeah. know, and nobody could tell me about rap or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why, because there's very few people like Misfit that can write and that can produce, yeah, that can definitely. direct, film, <clears throat> edit, whatever. There's very few people like a DJ Quick. There's very few people like mm -hmm. a Dr. Dre that can they're rarely, do it. Yeah, they're rare. Yeah, you no know, doubt. of course, you got guys that learn the equipment, but they might not be good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then there's guys that are good. Those are the guys that I just let them do their thing like yeah me i know how to produce okay but when i listen to misfit stuff i i wouldn't go in there and try to redo his sound mm -hmm. he's good for himself yeah i can maybe just kick in a little idea and said right here it might need a little that type of shit but that's pretty much but it. we're learning together you know like me well i started a little bit before him you know uh -huh. on this on this i like to say this era of my music you know because um it starts i came out of prison but Oh, we've come a long way. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we've really made some noise. You feel what I mean? Like, like you know, our, our name is like, it's, you know, people know who the fuck we are. And that was like, I think, I don't I can't speak for him, but to me, at the beginning, that to me almost seemed impossible. You feel what I'm saying? Like, there was so many people out here, so much talent, that to me, I was like, fuck, eh? Like, I'm really going to have to will myself to, to, to a point where I can make money off of that shit. And honestly, I'm very lucky, like, off top. I started making money off of my music, yeah. but, but it's, it's, 
it's it's our sound that separates us you know for yeah. him like you know this fool has a very soulful you know classical sound you know what i'm saying like this fool's music's timeless you know you know, I believe you can listen to his album now and 10 years from now, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You were sharing with me before the show, actually, that when you were in prison, you were listening to different types of music. Yeah, I always have, yeah, well, most What definitely. types of different music? Because uh, um, uh, sure. I like people to get to know you, not necessarily just for rap, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But what type of music did you listen to? Um, Shit, I like, you know, people ask me what kind of oldies do I listen to. I really don't listen to the typical type of oldies. Like, I mean, of course, I'm, you know, Brent Wood, Marvin Gaye, and Al Green, all them fools, all this shit, but... Um, like, you know, I like to listen to a lot of soulful shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, for instance, who am I listening to right now? Um, Billy, shit, let me tell you right now, as a matter of fact, I'll go through on my phone. Um, uh, I know you mentioned, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny Cash? Yeah, Johnny Cash, most definitely. Any fucking convict. Man, I would think that's the soundtrack to any convict, um, you know. But I listen to, um, well, obviously Rick James a lot. Um, James Brown, the funky people. Um, Lynn Collins, I listen to Lynn Collins a lot. I listened to, um, let me see, who else? Um, Bobby Bland and the Dreamers. Okay. Um, shit, who else do I listen to? Um, Cameo. I've always been on my Cameo shit. Um, Lionel Richie, you know what I'm saying? I like some of Lionel Richie's older shit. Um, and I'm really heavy, like, on the white boys, man. I, I think the white boys. Give us some white boys. Um, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Oh, yeah. Um, who else did I listen hey, to? I, there's a lot of hip-hop heads that sample them, bro. Man, them fools. I, I, you know, I think the white boys have a different sound. Like, even this kid, Mac Miller, just passed away, you know? Uh-huh. Um, their vocals are just different, you know? And I think that, um, you know, they might not be as loud and as... Um, I guess um, flamboyant as a lot of you know right. other artists are, but they don't they don't really need to you know what I'm saying like they're yeah. just they're just cool as it is, as they are you know what I mean so um, yeah so I listen to a lot of different shit Nirvana of course you know okay um, Guns and Roses and you shit you know you probably just tripped out a lot of people by by giving them your playlist you know because some people just think that we possibly just live by swap music alone that we just buy oldies and you know drink micheladas on the oh, weekends no, and that's man. it. You know? I mean, when you're still, when you love music, you generally love every part, all kinds of music. You know all what kinds saying? of music. It's very, very yeah. important. Like, uh, I was talking to Alonzo from the World Class Wrecking Crew, and I had mentioned that I don't really bump hip hop in my car. Yeah. But when I want to get away uh, with it, uh, get away from music, I, I listen to classical music. I love listening to different types of instruments because I get ideas. Yeah, you, know, you you get so many different ideas. You can hear a timpani and you can hear a violin, and then you can start putting a dope, rugged break beat under it. Then you start placing it in your head what you want to hear. You come home, then you start playing that. Yeah, on your you keyboard. fuck with it. Well, you, well, you know, it, it it's it sparks a match in your in your in your brain, man. Like yeah, you know what? Creativity is a motherfucker, man. Like you could find a creative spark from some random ass shit that you wouldn't yeah. even think about. You know, the other day I was um. I was I was watching um an old interview of Mike Tyson, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy, but you know, there were he was he was reflecting on his past and they showed footage of him fucking talking shit to some white reporter in the audience, you know, he's telling right. white fucking pussy, I'll fucking rape you, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to <laughs> fuck with me, you know? But literally, like what he said after reflecting on that, he was like he, he was saying that basically um Billy Otto, I believe, was his trainer. Uh, um, um, uh, um, God, what's his name? And I know his trainer's name. Um, Custom Otto. Custom Otto used to fucking um, hypnotize him. You know, they used to put him through hypnosis. Hmm. And fucking um, during his hypnosis, they would tell him like he was invincible. He was going to be the greatest champ- heavyweight champion that ever fucking existed. That couldn't nobody fuck with him. But he said that they never turned it off. You know, like, you know, in hypnosis, they tell, they, you know, they usually hypnotize you and they, you know, act like a chicken, and, but they turn it off. He's like, they never fucking turned it off, you know? Wow. And a lot of times, um, I feel that way. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like yeah. the hood fucking, whether it was my homegirls, whether it was my family at home, whether it was my homeboys, like, they told me, like, you're the baddest motherfucker out here, you know? Yeah. And you're going to continue to be the baddest. And nobody ever told me otherwise. And they never right. turned it off. Right. That's why even now, like, I consider myself the baddest motherfucker in any fucking room I'm in. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, of course, I have mutual respect for people. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I mean, nobody ever turned it off. You know, the confidence, you know? Right. Um, since a little kid, I remember my Nina telling me I was a king, you know? Yeah. She never called me by my name. You know what I'm saying? So that's always... You know, when people don't turn it off, you got nothing but potential. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That's dope, man. So now since we're on the subject of boxing, we just yeah. had a boxing match yeah, yesterday. And I want to talk about it in okay. closing. No then doubt. we'll give our shout outs. Okay. Right, 
Okay, here's what I heard, and then I'll open it up to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, on Friday, Andy Ruiz was a hero to us Mexican people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ruiz, the Mexican champion, Viva La Raza, Viva yeah, no, Mexico, definitely. everything. That's what everybody was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. He loses on Saturday night. Guess what? Those very same people, fuck that fat fuck, fat <laughs> motherfucker. You know, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. burrito con piernas, yeah. you know. You know, yeah. we can't just switch like no, that. You can't. No, you, you can't. can't. You can't. You know, uh, I've been talking to somebody, uh, and I won't name him, that I'm trying to get Andy Ruiz here. Mm -hmm. And he's heard of the show, and he's interested. Okay? Mm -hmm. Whether he wins or, or, or whether he lost or not, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter to nah. me. He accomplished something <clears throat> what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that most of us will never yeah, yeah, yeah. be able to. And right away, we want to shit on him. Well, that's the thing that people don't see. People don't see it from that perspective, you know? You gotta, you gotta always, whether you like a person or not, you know what I mean? You, you, you could be looking across the room at your worst fucking enemy. For instance, my worst enemies, you know what I'm saying? Like, now that I'm more mature and I have a lot more understanding, like, I remember when I was a kid, I, was, I would always be like, man, that fool's a bitch, just based on where he was from. Right. Or based on their history, their neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Now, when I see my enemies, I think, like, that fool's a killer. Like, he's a gangster. He's, he's from where he's from for a reason, you know? Right. You can't take nothing away from Andy Ruiz like we all lose we all win yes it's a process you feel what I'm saying but just the fact that he's in the position to be going through that process speaks to his potential and his greatness you feel yes. what I'm saying and it's not because fucking he's Mexican or he's waving the Mexican flag it's because of the way his family brought him up and the integrity they put in his heart and the way they trained him and what they programmed him to be you know what I mean right like he trains around where I live at you know and um shit that boy came from nothing man he did something amazing like what the fuck you exactly know I mean? let's continue to support and show him love because let me tell you something his race is not over yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not nah, over he's only starting um his only you know his only i i would say mistake was i don't know maybe being too happy you know what i mean being too uh, happy yeah. probably but you, you know, know what saying? uh that a lot of times that comes when uh it's a learning process man yeah, yeah. we get so much too soon yeah and we don't know how to contain because everybody you see, loves you. you see fools with ten thousand followers think they're the shit they ain't accomplished a motherfucking thing say, say, say that again you please. know what i'm saying <laughs> you know what i'm saying like motherfuckers think they have the right to opinion motherfuckers think they have the right to tell me that i'm trash and it's like bro i'm million fucking views on this motherfucker like i got millions of views like i got millions of streams like how the fuck you gonna tell me right. something that you don't even attempt to accomplish you feel what i'm saying right, like don't right. don't don't speak. Don't be that guy, man. You know what I mean? Like, don't well, be that guy. I found out that the people that actually hate on people that are trying to make it are people that never get any shine, people that don't hustle, people that might feel, be feeling sorry for themselves. Nobody ever wants to talk to me. Nobody ever wants to. You know what, man? I encourage everybody to hustle. Yeah. Get your grind on. Most you definitely. know what I'm saying? Don't wait for somebody to support you to come around and pick you up or whatever. Nah, I know. Do it shit yourself. Home, That's not gonna happen. You, you know, know the tier motherfucker ain't gonna offer you a soup. You know. You, 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 you know, you know how many how many times, how many days, and how many hours I spent just on the turntables, mm. bro, as a teenager, just fucking it up. Well, all my friends went out, and you know what I said? What I would say to myself: One day it'll be my turn. Yeah. That's all I would say. One day I was 17, 16 years old, cutting up in my room Friday night. Yeah. I would listen to Uncle Jam's Army on the radio, yeah, the no KD Mix Masters. And I would just be cutting it up and would say to myself, one day it would be my turn. And I'm gonna tell you something. I was 21 years old and we were at a stadium in Texas and we were opening up for EPMD. You know, guys that I, I grew up listening to, you know, and I saw 14,000 people. And I didn't get nervous not one time. Yeah. You know what I said? Now it's my time. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Now it's my time. You got to rise to the occasion. Yes. So once again, I encourage everyone to start up their own podcast because I believe this is the wave mm -hmm. of the future. Mm -hmm. I believe radio will be extinct in about 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you have your own voice created. Don't hate on anybody. Yeah, yeah. D don't hate on anybody because you see somebody trying to make it. We sh That's why we don't have a voice because yeah. we're too busy shooting each other down. So, well, you got to, you got you know, hate's a, it's, it's a big word, man. You got to really make somebody earn that motherfucking title. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, Bozo, let me tell you something, man. Before we say our goodbyes, go ahead and give our shout outs or where people can reach you. Yeah. Where people can hear your music, etc. So. Okay. Um, Social media. I mean, on IG, I'm heavy on IG. That's really what I work most. This is the most fucking convenient thing for me. Um, It's Bozo underscore B dot A dot M. I'm on every streaming platform you could possibly think of under Bozo also. Um, just follow me, man. And I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Same shit, Bozo. 
So I'm um, just follow my shit. I got my new my own YouTube channel now on um on YouTube, obviously titled Bozo that I'm pushing heavy. You know what I mean? I'm gonna start uploading a lot of content, Good. more personal type shit. You know what I mean? Everyday life type shit. Um, how I react to events that you know are constantly happening and shit. You know what I mean? So dope. So when you drop your album, uh, we welcome you back. So oh no doubt. You can promote sure. it and announce Bet. it because my thing is helping and pushing Rasa to have a voice. Yeah, we need a voice, and the only reason, the only way we can ever go forward and upward is us coming together. Yeah, yeah, for sure, so supporting yeah. each other. Yeah, there's power, yeah. there's strength in unity. You know what I mean? And I appreciate what you're doing. Stay at it. Likewise, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, make us the goofy shit is gonna play itself out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, your platform has to have integrity and, and some kind of, of, of fucking depth to it. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's what it definitely has. So well, keep doing your shit, man. Thank you, brother, for appreciate coming. It. You greatly no appreciate it here. You got my support. Uh, once again, uh, welcome everybody to Rodium Radio, um, episode 15. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be back on the air with Arabian Prince, the former member of NWA. We're going to be talking about hip-hop, electro-funk, his background with Bobby Jimmy the Critters, his background with NWA. Uh, you ain't going to want to miss that one, okay? Once again, you can order the DocuMix, uh, DocuMixery at DocuMixery.com. Uh, uh, free shipping as of right now on all apparel. Uh, my mixtapes are, are up. Uh, 2020, I'll have more mixtapes remastered. Uh, they'll be up for sale. Um, uh, what was I going to mention? Oh, yeah. Well, let me give a shout out once again to the man that makes all this happen, John motherfucking Elkins. Whenever you see him on the streets, that's what you call him, John motherfucking Elkins, okay? And um, much love and respect to him, J.E. Visuals, for uh, filming this documentary while I directed it. Uh, DG, Daniel Jones, DG Media Clips, much love and respect to him. Boomer, Boomer did it from the Remedy Yard. Wiz One, Roger Mera, also known as Roger Live. Also give a shout out to Alex Cervantes, which I like to call Cervantes Enterprise. And uh, Misfit, Misfit Soto just dropped a new album that you guys can cop that. Let's support each other. Uh, Johnny Boy, really quick, am I missing anything? Your new Instagram. Oh yes, my new Instagram because uh, honestly, man, I must got some sorry ass hater out there because this is actually my third Instagram that has been deleted. I just got a backup page up right now. Uh, as soon as I started climbing the followers, somebody uh, either reports my page or I don't know what it is. Actually, I don't know anyone that's had this much problems with their Instagram It's continuous get deleted. I don't unfollow anyone. I don't block anyone. So if anybody thinks that I unfollow them or I block them, you can find me on Tony the Wizard, as you see it right there on the screen. Uh, if you want to request anybody on the show, uh, go to rhodiumradio at gmail.com. If you want to send me your music so that I can listen to it, rhodiumradio at gmail.com. Please do, do not uh, DM me music. Do not DM me or text me who you want to see in the show. I will not read them. I have one location for you guys to send all that to. We will get to it in a timely manner. Give us time because we have actually a couple of hundred we have to listen to. Uh, uh, there's people that say, you know, you're my homie. You should interview me. I get it. I understand. But I'm already booked up till March. Okay. So give me some time. So uh, once again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Arabian Prince on Wednesday and next Sunday I have a surprise. I'll announce that Thursday. All right, everybody. God bless. Talk to you guys soon. See you Wednesday.